Welcome to GC Live in the speaking engagements of apologist, trainer, and pastor, Travis Marshall. We hope that you will be challenged by what you hear. Take a fresh look at the world around you and experience the God who loves you. Let's join Travis as he speaks to a live audience. I want to talk about something that, let me put it this way, I I want to talk about something that I really don't want to talk about, but I felt something on my heart stirring me over the last, I'd say over the last month, and I didn't know if this was just going to be something maybe I'd do in a blog post or on a Periscope, or and if you don't know what Periscope is, don't worry about it. We'll talk about it afterwards if you're interested. Uh, but I, I didn't know what where this was, where the outlet, where the proper outlet was supposed to be. And then I got the invitation from Pastor George to to speak this Sunday, and I, so I knew this a few weeks ago. And this is something that has been on my heart ever since, and I just couldn't shake it. Uh, Pastor George and I prayed about this, whether this was uh, the right thing, whether this was appropriate. Um, and so uh, we believe it is through the agreement of Scripture. And I just want to challenge you today. And we're going to be talking about off-end. We're going to be talking about being offended. We're going to talk about offensive people. We're going to talk about what all that means and how that works in your life and how you can stay away from that spirit of offense and how you can keep from being an offended person. You know, it's so interesting in this PC world, in this politically correct world, it seems like the more we're trying to be politically correct, the more that we're offending one another. It's, it's, it's almost like we're being drugged into this silence. And that's one of the reasons, by the way, why we identify so much with television programs or movies is because there's getting to say what it is we wish we had the courage to. Wrong or right, but we are just so stuck in our own silence. What is it, what, you know, the two things you can't ever talk about, like anywhere, are politics and religion, right? Even mentioning it, I can see some of y'all seizing up, right? Which is sad on the religion part. Okay, never mind. So here's the thing. I, I want to tell you, you know, with everything that's been going around, I finally, finally found, I've been, I've been, I googled it and I looked all over the, the internet and I finally found a flag that no one can be offended by. Can we go ahead and put that up? Awesome deal. Everybody good with that? Yeah? The flag of surrender. Isn't that interesting that we, that we can see that there's literally, there's nothing on it, and it is literally us saying, we're done, we surrender. But all too often we surrender to the wrong individual, the wrong individuals, the wrong group. Our only surrender, or the only direction of our surrender should be upward. Amen? But all too often we surrender in ways that we shouldn't. And so anyways, yeah, that's good. You can go ahead and move on with that. So we're talking about offend today. And there's a lot of tension when it comes to that. Let me ask the question. And I'll see who's brave enough to go ahead and raise their hand. No pointing fingers. How many of you have ever been offended before? All right, yeah? Awesome. I see every hand. I saw some of y'all kind of pointing and nudging, right? How many of you have ever, now don't raise your hands on the rest of this because you may be sitting next to them. But I want you to think, how many of you have been offended by your family, by your friends? I said, don't raise your hands. I'm so offended that you can't follow instruction. (laughs) By your work, by your business. Now, how many of you, I want you to think about this. How many of you have been offended, again, hands down, raise them on the inside, 
How many of you have ever been offended by the church? How many of you have ever been offended by the church? See, this series in and of itself, I could spend weeks, weeks on. But as we're talking about having a heart for the house, I felt it so appropriate to talk about how sometimes we encounter offense in the house. Sometimes this can be by a brother or sister, a friend in, in, in the church. Sometimes it's by a peer. Sometimes it's, if you're in leadership, it's by somebody that's serving under you. Sometimes if you're serving, it's by a mentor or a leader that's working over you and is operating in a role that God's called them to over you and over your care. So how do we deal, how do we deal with being off-ended? How do we deal with this? You know that I, I, I deal with... Uh, this one single issue the most as an apologist and in, in, in doing in, in different circles where I'm defending the faith. Do you know that what comes up more than any other thing, any other, any other barrier to somebody believing in God, the people why reason, uh, the reasons why people leave the faith that were once Christians, the reason why people that are afraid to get into a church and get planted, and get rooted, the single most reason, once you get through all the intellectual, you know, things that, there's great answers for that, but when you get into it, and you dive in, what you'll find, and this is what I found, I could say eight or nine times out of ten, is the reason why they've left the faith, the reason why they've pushed away from God, the reason why they're atheists, or anti-theists, is because they were hurt by someone in the church. They were hurt by someone in the church. So here's my goal. At the end of this message today, God wants you to get off this cycle of being offended. God wants you out of this cycle. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, wow, this is, this is right where I'm at. Good. I want to move you a step out of that. I want to pull you, and God wants to pull you aside from that cycle so you don't keep going around and around and around. I know there's, and if I can just be plain, if I can just be candid with everybody, some of you may be here from another church situation, and maybe you left that, that situation, that church, because you were offended. You were offended by someone in that other situation. Maybe it's healthy. Maybe you just moved from another state. That's fine. That's fine. That's good. But maybe you're here because you were somewhere else before and it just didn't work out. Someone offended you and now you're here. I want to challenge you and I just want to speak to you for just a moment. You specifically, if you're that person, if you were in a toxic environment that hurts you, and you say, oh, there's, there's, there's freshness over here. There's, there's a revitalizing. There's, there's, a, there's a great life-giving environment here. I want to challenge you. And I just want to be candid. And I'm not speaking. Nobody looking around. I'm just, I'm just saying this, okay? I don't have anybody in particular in mind. I've had to deal with stuff like this before. What does the old song say? Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in need of prayer. Amen? But if you've ever come from a situation where it was toxic, maybe you were offended and now you're coming into an environment where it's life-giving, do us all a favor. Forgive those people. Let them go. Forgive them because if you don't, if you don't, 
You'll bring that toxicity into the new environment that you're planted in. You have to forgive them first before you can move on. Leave right. Amen? Leave right. It doesn't matter how they respond. You leave right so that God can plant you right somewhere else. I want you to look at Christian world. If you've been hurt somewhere else, I want you to look at Christian world and be in Christian world through the lens of health. Are we perfect? No. Are we ever going to be? No. Right? But we serve a perfect God and grace does much more abound and we can show each other a little grace and a little mercy here and there. Yes. So I want us to challenge ourselves in that way. God wants you to get off this cycle of being offended. And you're, you're going to be here today. Maybe there's a few of you that are saying, you know what? Okay. I'm, I'm just kind of here checking things out. I'm not, I'm not a believer yet. Um, I'm struggling with my faith. I've got a few other options I'm checking out. Here's what I want to tell you. It's okay. It's okay. You don't believe in Jesus just yet. Okay. That's all right. You're going to be able to glean something from this just the same as the rest of us Christ followers in here. Because these principles are, are just standard. It's how we're designed. It's how, it's how we're made. So you're going to be able to glean and pull from this and use this in, in a very practical way in your own life. And when you are able to do that, we would love to challenge you to take another step towards Christ and see what else that this man named Jesus has to offer you. Amen? All right, so I want to go ahead and enter into this text. It's in John chapter 21. I'm going to, ask, I'm going to invite you to go ahead and join me there. That's John chapter 21. It begins uh, at, at verse 15. We'll go ahead and start there. I'm going to go ahead and read it. And then what I'd like to do is just go ahead and unpack it and uh, talk a, uh, uh, give a few keys on how we can stay away from being offended. Everybody okay so far? All right, I want you all to give me a big amen. All right, I like it. Good deal. So in John 21 and 15, it says, When they had finished breakfast, I'm already liking how this starts. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him, Jesus said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to Peter again, tend my sheep. And then Jesus said to Peter a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, I've taught from this passage multiple times, but I just saw something new as I was just preparing for this message that I've never seen before and how it applies to this passage. I, I, I personally have never seen this before. Maybe you have. Maybe this is old news to you, but this was fresh for me. And, and we're talking about having a heart for the house. We're talking about uh, how to deal with being offended. Okay? So that next little line after, after that third time where, it's, where, where it says, uh, where Jesus is asking Simon, son of John, do you love me? It says this, Peter was hurt. Peter was hurt. Now, depending on your translation, it may say Peter was grieved or Peter was distressed or Peter was offended. Why? Because Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me? And then he says, feed my sheep. And I'm going to skip uh, verse 18. There's some great stuff there, but I'm going to move on uh, to the end of uh, 19 where it says this. He said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after that, uh, after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Everybody say, follow me. Follow 
I'm going to read to verse 20. Peter turned and saw. Say he turned and saw. Y'all are so offbeat. That's awesome. <laughs> turned and saw. Right? Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who had uh, uh, been reclining at the table close to him and said, Lord, who is it that's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, it's talking about John, the one who wrote this gospel. When Peter saw him, he said to him, Lord, what about him? What about him? And Jesus said to him, if it's my will that he remain until I come, what's that to you? You follow me. Everybody say, follow him. Awesome. All right, so there's, there's five things that I want to talk to you today about being offended. There's five ways that I want to challenge you, and we're going to use this passage as a way to, to unpack these things. There's several things going on in this passage that are truly remarkable in the area of being offended. The first thing that I want to, I want to challenge you to do is whenever you're being offended is first test the spirit. Test the spirit. What do, what do I mean when I say it? You, you know in scripture where it talks about test the spirit to see if it be of God. Well, how do you know if it's from God? If it agrees with this. Very simple. Very simple. If it agrees with this in the proper context, in the proper representation, the proper setting, those things. If it agrees with scripture, then we at least got one thing Right. Test the spirit. You test the spirit by reading the word of God. Is it scripture? Is it, is it a principle that's laden in scripture? So if you're feeling that fear, that spirit of offense and someone's talking to you about something, maybe someone's challenging you, maybe it's a, a mentor or a coach or a leader, maybe it's a peer, maybe it's somebody that's, that's serving under you and, 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 and there's this spirit of offense that starts to come up and, and, and challenge you in your life. The first thing you have to ask is, is what they're saying rooted in scriptural principle? The second thing that I want to hit on is, is, is this rooted in love. Is this rooted in love? So we, we hear this passage where Jesus is interacting with Peter, and we're going to go ahead and assume the first one where it says, test the spirit to know if it's from God because it's Jesus talking. And yeah, so we're okay there. The, this is where the challenge comes is, is it rooted in love? Now remember, this is the same Peter that had walked with, with Jesus for years, for these last three years of his life who had learned from him. This is the same Peter that was always trying to figure out how he could, how he could uh, uh, capitalize on a situation. You know, when the, the Mount of Transfiguration, great, great, great story. And, and, and you see Moses and Elijah, and Peter's like, hey man, why don't we build some altars for this? I, I feel like we can bring some religion to just what just happened here. Uh, uh, this is the same Peter who, when, when Jesus is uh, washing his disciples' feet, that he says, oh no, you don't, you're not going to wash mine. And then Jesus said, if, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part with me. And then Peter flips it and he says, oh my gosh, well, if that's the case, don't only wash my feet, but wash my, my hands, my head, everything, every part of me. This is the same uh, a Peter uh, who when Jesus was uh, talking about how he was going to be crucified, that Peter tried to take him to the side and say, no, Jesus, you got it wrong. It's going to be okay. You're good. You don't need to do this. And what did Jesus say to him? He says, away from me, Satan. He said, this isn't coming from you. This is coming from something else. So Peter had been corrected multiple times by Jesus. And so he gets to this, to this place in Scripture, 
uh, that we read. And, and you see from verse 15 all the way through about verse 18, what do you see? You see this interaction. This is something I've taught on before, that Jesus is asking Peter if he loves him, if Peter loves him. And Peter's saying, yes, I do. Well, there's something lost a little in translation, because if you actually go back to the words and you look at the actual Greek that's there, and I'm so, I'm so excited that I see my brother John from Thessaloniki. He can help me with this. You actually helped me with this uh, some time ago. And so the, the word that's being uh, uh, used by Jesus the first two times is agapeo. Is that correct? Yes. All right. And he's saying to you, agapeo. Now, we're familiar with agape love. That's a love that's willing that you're willing to die for that individual, not figuratively, not metaphorically, but literally. Uh, Jesus so loved the world that he gave, right? His only, yes. And so it, we see this going on. And so Jesus is talking and he's challenging Peter, do you agape? Are you willing to sacrifice everything? Now you remember he's doing, he's saying this three times. He challenges three times. Why? Because he's talking and he's giving reference and he's showing Peter and he's pulling back the memory of where he just denied him three times. Yes? Y'all remember that? And so, so Jesus is, is not only restoring, but he's bringing something into light. This is that same Peter that says, I'm willing to die for you. I don't care whatever, what everybody else does. I'm willing to die for you. And so Jesus right now is he's challenging his agape, O love. And every time Peter responds back, he's not saying, you know that I agape. No, he's saying, I, he said, Lord, you know I phileo you. That's a friendship love. He's saying, I'm your, I'm your friend. Now, why could he not say that I agapeo? Because when all the stuff went down, he jetted, right? When it all went down, he was gone. You couldn't even find Peter. And when they did find Peter, he was saying, I'm not Peter. I'm not that guy. I'm not him. I'm not the one that was with him. And all too often, this happens in the church world as we have uh, uh, sometimes people, and again, I'm not thinking of anybody in particular, so relax. <laughs> and so what happens is we have people that come in hot and heavy and ready to take over the world and the Christian world by storm, and they've got all this that they can offer and all these things and all these, these, these opportunities, and they want it done their way because they believe that they've had this revelation from God that, that they're called to this. They're not ready, ready to walk or they're not willing to walk with us a little bit before they run. And it's so interesting what happens in this turn of events is that when stuff goes down and the leader gets persecuted or whatever, and I'm not talking about immoral stuff, Okay, but when when stuff goes down and it gets difficult, the one who said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to die for you. They cut and run. Right. Y'all are laughing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all been there. It's so interesting to me. It's so interesting. It's one of the reasons why uh, we, we taught a baptism class. And I think I've mentioned this before because some people come in and they and God has done such a work in their life and they're ready to take that next step in baptism. And we're thankful for that. It's what we want. That's part of what we're in, in business, if you will, to do is, 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 is help people identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But what happens is, is as soon as they get baptized, something happens that week. And all too often, uh, before we did these classes, we started to not see them anymore. Just all of a sudden, they were gone. 
And this was, these were the same ones that were really ready to, uh, to, to go after all of hell and, and, and just do this and do that for God. And just, they, they just slipped a little bit and the enemy got a hold of them and got lies in their head. It's such a challenge, and we have to remember that this is being rooted in love. So you see that last little part where Jesus finally, after he's asked two times, do you agape oh me? That last time he said, okay, Peter, I'm going to meet you where you're at. Do you phileo me? I can start there. We can start back there. But then he challenges him in verse 18. He says, you phileo me, but you will agape oh me. You'll see. It'll happen. And so what you see happening here is this, this conversation between Jesus and Peter is rooted in love. Yes, it, it, it hurts a little bit, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but it's rooted in love. Peter knew it was coming from a good place. And, and one thing that I would challenge you is if you've ever been corrected by a leader or a peer or a subordinate, just examine where it's being rooted. Is this somebody who loves you? Is this somebody who is a loving person? Do they have a track record of being loving? Okay, then give them the benefit of the doubt that they're trying to be loving in the way that they're communicating to you. Is everybody okay with that? Yeah? All right. Thank you for you too. So we talk about test the spirit first and is this rooted in love? The third one is, is their goal to make me better? Is the goal of this conversation, this confrontation maybe, is it, is it meant to make me a better person? You know, so, so, so often we get into this, this weird idea, especially in today's world, uh, of, of, of words. And we're just so, we're so uh, one-dimensional when it comes to words sometimes. Uh, and, and we tend to misrepresent and misunderstand Quite a bit. You know, how many of y'all, I, I think we talked about that not too long ago, about don't, you know, the, how we were in a world that says don't judge me. We're in, a, we're in a don't judge me world, right? Again, the interesting thing is that if you flip it on its head, you realize that they're judging you. Yeah, does that make sense? You realize that they're judging you by just making that statement. And that's not the context. The context isn't cut there. It says, by the measure that you judge, you'll be judged. But sometimes we, we miss it, and this is where our, where our world is getting this wrong. They know that one little passage of Scripture that they'll, that they'll quote wrongly, and, and, and again, in a wrong context. But what they forget is we're not operating from, an, from a place of judgment, condemnation. We couldn't do that if we wanted. We don't have the power to send anyone to heaven or anyone to hell. We're working from an operation of warning. If you see somebody that... Uh, it's about to engage in something that's going to harm them, it's your duty. In fact, you don't love them if you don't warn them, if you don't say something about it. You're, you're doing it to keep them from harm. We do this with our, for those of you that are parents, we do this with our children. I'll, I'll never forget the, the little kids that I see for some reason. They always, they're magnified to those little electrical sockets, right? Or to, or to matches or something like that. And what do we do? We tell them, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you're going to get hurt. Now, are we judging them? No, but we're judging that situation, and that situation is going to harm them. A, a lifestyle that's constantly pulling away from the word of God is going to harm you. You were designed, by the way, to follow this book. You were just made that way. You don't get to cherry pick. You don't get to take the scalpel and take out the things you don't like. 
You have to work from the whole context, the whole word of God, the whole authority of God. And why? Because it's meant to make you better. He says, I have plans for your life. They're to succeed and not fail. They're to be the head and not the tail. He, he says, I want you to prosper even as your soul prospers. You know, it's, it's like if, if, if he's the creator, if he's the one that designed, if he's the one that made it and gave us the manual, right, for how we are to operate our life. How many of y'all have ever tried to operate something without the manual and it was a wreck afterwards? Yes? Yeah. Ikea and Walmart things put together. Yeah, bookshelves come to mind in, in my own life. So the first thing is we test the spirit. Then we ask, is this rooted in love? And is there goal to make me better? Now, this is the next one. And this is where I want to get into uh, a verse, I believe, 17. Number four is be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. I want to read that passage again in verse 17. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And then it says Peter was hurt. Peter was grieved. Peter was distressed. Peter was offended. Peter was hurt by that. And sometimes hearing something that you know is true but don't want it to be true or you don't like hearing it, sometimes it's hard to hear. That's why those first three things have to be in alignment so that you can receive it rightly. Test the spirit. Is this rooted in love? Is the goal to make me better? If those three things are in alignment with how the word of God would teach us to do such things, that number four, be honest with yourself. Sometimes it makes it a little bit easier. Not Maybe not at first. Nobody likes to hear, nobody likes it. How many of you love to hear criticism about yourself, right? How many of you love it when somebody throws something your way that you need to change or that you need to work on or whatever, whatever, right? Nobody likes that. But sometimes they're right. Yes? Anybody found that to be true? Sometimes they're right. And again, if you test that spirit and it's from the word of God, if it's rooted in love, and if it's meant to make you better, then be honest with yourself. Take the hurt. Take the offense because it's not an offense that's meant to harm you. It's an offense that's meant to help you. What, is, what does scripture say elsewhere? That godly sorrow works to repentance. It works towards a change of life. And that's the goal, is, to ch is that change of life. And so we talk about that. Test the spirit. Is it rooted in love? Is, there a goal to, is the goal to make me better? Be honest with yourself. Don't, don't lie about it to yourself. Who are you trying to convince? Listen, if 50 different people have told you that you have the same, that, and they've all said the same thing, that you have this problem, you might want to look at yourself in the mirror and examine, do I have this issue? If this is the third or fourth situation, whatever that may be, uh, I'll be careful not to try to throw stuff out there so nobody feels like I'm trying to hit them directly. But if this is the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh time that you've had to deal with something, learn the lesson. Okay, help yourself out. Learn the lesson. Because if you don't, you're going to keep going back through that cycle of offense. And it is no fun. 
It's no fun. I want to challenge. There may be some of you here today that don't know any other way to live your life and you feel trapped, but you're comfortable by that cycle of offense because you know no other way. Come on out. Come on out of that cycle of offense. Go ahead and let God bring you out today. The only way that you can do something like that is at an altar, whether it's in this building, whether it's in your home, whether, whatever it may be, let God bring you out of this cycle of offense because he wants to bring health to your life and keep hell out of your life. Amen? All right, so here's the last thing. You know, you would think that Peter, after once we get to verse 19 and right at the end of the verse 19, he says, follow me. Jesus just says, hey, follow me. Just follow me. After all this, you know, we're talking about love, talking about agape or phileo. He said, just, just follow me. You would think that Peter would get it and just be like, okay. But all too often, we as humans do the same thing he did. We're like, oh, okay, okay, I, I get what you're doing. I get what you're saying, God. I'm picking up what you're putting down, right? And then we get to verse 20, and what happens? Peter turned and saw. He wanted to compare. He was ready to say, okay, I get what you're saying about me. Hold that thought. What about him? Right? What about them? What's, what's their deal? And I love it. You, you, you see, uh, when Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? That's verse 21. Jesus said to him, if it's my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? He says, why are you worrying about it? What does it matter to you? Let's not lose track. Let's not, let's not get off track. Let's not lose our focus. We just talked about something very, very important, Peter. And you're already thinking, you're already worrying about somebody else. You haven't fixed you yet. You're not done with you. you don't, you're not ready for somebody else. You still got to work on you. And then that's something we, we, get so, we get so used to the idea. It's so easy to fix other people's problems, right? It's so easy for us to give counsel and advice to other people when, when we still got the log in our own eye, yeah? And we've got to be so mindful that we don't do what Peter does and say, okay, I, I get what you're doing, what you're doing in my life. I, I hear what you're saying, God. What about them? None of your business. That's for God to work on. That's for God to work out. He's, he just says at the end, he repeats himself, you, Peter, just Focus on following me. Just focus on following me. All that will take care of itself. All that will take care of itself. So what I want to remind you is that God wants to end this cycle of you being offended. He's providing you an off-ramp today. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of GC Live, a live recording experience of Grilled Christian Podcast. You can connect with us by going to our website, www.grilledchristian.com. From there, you can like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, watch our YouTube channel, read our blog, and listen to all our audio podcasts. We believe in engaging our culture through conversation towards Christ. 